This is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. Consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that cuts in, cuts, cuts up, out. and cuts out. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, our tour of Patreon country comes to a close, and we finish up with a sampling from our Another Place tier. Mm-hmm. And whether you've had a dish named or a drink named for you or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your glorious earworm hole. <laughs> uh, you can find us uh, basically being uh, earworms out on social media. Uh, we're worming around on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and extra shenanigany shenanigans. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, February 24th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, Stay head on safe. over to screenland.com where they <laughs> will have your extra, extra shenanigans taken care of indoors. And virtually. And this is where normally, if we would have been releasing at midnight, where some people will be listening, you know, we've got some some people that actually enjoy us that much, but we would have had time to talk about this Friday's Friday Night Fright. Mm-hmm. That is actually probably going on as we release as this we episode speak. right now. Yeah. <laughs> and oops, let's just say oops. inclement weather happened. Yeah. Thanks, I, Mother Nature. Bok, bok. <laughs> yeah. You're not kidding. And my car right now is definitely having some issues that make any kind of ice problematic. Mm-hmm. So, and it should be noted... We're doing a kind of a test run Zoom-wise as well. Virtually, yeah. We are coming to you virtually. And while your car is problematic, even if my car was right fucking as rain, I'm not going out in this shit. I, I, I don't... Uh, I, as you say, I live my life by horror rules, but I also live my life by extra cautious bad experiences in the past rules and so yeah whenever there's like any sort of snow or cold weather ish on there you won't see me on the roads well and i was actually on my way over to pick you up (laughs) so we could indeed record a number of things and then go and host friday night frights but on there's like a, a second or two on the way over to your house where i hit the highway Mm-hmm. And I realized traffic had come to a complete stop. Bad news bears. There were emergency vehicles everywhere. And I had this just blink and a second chance to either stay in traffic and just stay there for who knows how long mm-hmm. or veer off and turn my you know rickety old car around during this ice. And I did err on the side of caution. And sure enough, yeah, big old accident, and here we are zooming in. Either way, we were going to miss Friday Night Frights regardless, whether it was because of the accident or because of the other weather. But I think in the immortal words of the old Templar, you have chosen wisely. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Now, that being said, uh, looking forward to next Friday Night's Fright. Woo! Woo! Yes. Woo! And we were talking off mic well, actually, technically on mic, but not recording yet. Right. That this year, uh, we're going to hit episode 400. Mm-hmm. And 400, man. And that's, a lot that's has, main feed. A lot has happened. Yeah. You know, a lot has changed. Yeah, a lot. And even if you, you, know, if you go back to our very first episode, our 
repertoire has changed. Our chemistry has kind of altered and adjusted and evolved. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, there's impressions that d- rear not their ugly head anymore. That's how far back we do indeed go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, fuck. I mean, think about it. We're coming up. Uh, we just had Nerdoween 8. We're two years from 10, you know, so. And then that was, we did uh, Nerds and Nostalgia at Tapcade before we did uh, before we did the uh, triple feature, so. Yeah, it's it's very much, we've been doing this quite a bit and the reason is because we love it it's fun yeah it's fucking great like we get to like talk about movies and and do cool shit with movies it's, it's a blast i mean it's it's good work if you can get it you know and it's well, not even work it's we do it because we love it and uh, there's been a lot of wonderful things that have happened because of the podcast and mm-hmm. it, if you go back to the very first episode the you know the the movie that launched us all that you know we talked about on the for the first episode of nightmare junkhead and i'm so excited to see it in the theater yeah because it's an incredible movie uh from 2014 starry eyes it's it's a such a powerful movie it's one of those movies where like what should we talk about our first one? Let's watch this. Let's talk about that movie, you know? And it's kind of funny. That was a new movie when we talked about it, and now it's a repertory screening. And so it's like, <laughs> you know, I can feel more gray hairs just pop off. I have chosen poorly. <laughs> well, and it'll be interesting then to see how the movie itself has aged and given the, the subject matter, uh, yeah. given to the times we live in i do think it still plays fairly relevant i think probably it's going to play more relevant now than it has you know especially the world's changed after 2020 so like all these movies that like seem like they're pretty new probably have a whole new context like nowadays no so i'm and it combines body horror with an amazing score by jonathan snipes Ooh. It's got body horror, it's got cults, it's got Satan, it's got, like, it, it fad the fashion industry, it's got all sorts of crazy shit. This movie is wild. I'm very much looking forward to seeing it with a crowd. Yeah. And to, again, technically celebrate to s- almost 400 episodes. Right? Oh, I can't wait. All right, we gotta figure out what we're doing for 400. We, we've got some plans. Yes, we do. <laughs> now, that being said, uh, the other repertory screenings that are happening on uh, the weekend of the 24th, we are big fans of horror, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we like to venture outside of the horror genre. Oh, yeah, we're multifaceted. And we therefore take in a number of different genres, and I know you and I both are big fans of rom-coms. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. There's something magical about rom-coms when they're done right. That's just it, done right. And some will argue that Rob Reiner's When Harry Met Sally might be one of the greatest rom-coms of them all. Mm-hmm. Which we'll be taking in that weekend. Now, what's interesting is you could have probably the worst first date double feature at Screenland this weekend, and there's technically, I think, on Sunday you can make this happen, and I'm, please don't, because I don't want it coming back to us. But playing this weekend is number one, Gaspar Noe's Irreversible. Yeah, though that's not no. Do not make that a first date. No, please, no, no, no. And and continue, please continue with this double feature. I was curious, like where you're going, because I'm thinking if you say Cocaine Bear, I'm gonna wholeheartedly disagree. I think that'd be a great first date. Like any litmus test movie. Now that comes with the caveat because any litmus test movie can be a good first date thing, except Gaspar Noe's Irreversible, and our second other movie is Vincent Gallo's Buffalo 66. <laughs> now, Buffalo 66, okay, ah, litmus test, but yeah, you don't, there's there's better ways to say I love you than irreversible. And I've watched the movie one time, 
and one time only. I will never watch that again. It's just, and that's the thing with a lot of his films, is I will watch them one time to experience it, and then just process it. He's Art House Tom Six. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> but then the monthly uh, meeting of the anime club is going to be a screening of Ride Your Wave. Uh, that's what I was waiting for, was that expression see, to see whether it registered with you or not. See, that's the cool thing. I was talking to Derek about Anime Club, right? And, like, I was like, "He's, are you going to play this at some point? He goes, yeah, of course. And, like, what about this? And he goes, yeah, of course. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, but he goes, what I want to do is I want to start off with a couple of all-timer bangers, but then I want to dive deep. And I'm like, dude, I am here for that. So, Yeah. Th- and that that's my, cool. that's the joy of that is to see n- a number of people coming out for that. And again, part of the monthly programming that mm-hmm. they do indeed do at Screenland. So congratulations to Derek and all of the, mm-hmm. the film family anime folks out there. Now, as part of the best of 2022 series, a movie that I heard a lot about and I guarantee will make me cry in the theater, uh, but taking in Marcel with shoes on. I have seen I I know he's like this big internet thing. I am not familiar with Marcel the Shell with shoes on. However, upon seeing that trailer, yeah, I think that's gonna like maybe kinda well up. I don't know if I'm in the mood to well up right now, but I heard it's pretty goddamn good movie, so Well genius, I got a thing. Uh laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow at twelve o'clock noon at Screenland, oh, I can't. I'm not gonna jam. be able to make this screening, but uh, please be there, someone in blush and bashful for Steel Magnolias. Oh, that's your signature color, dude, blush and bashful. <laughs> I'm upset that I'm not gonna be able to take that in. And again, stuff when we go outside of our our genre. Hey, who knows? Maybe something will happen. We we don't know, but yeah, please yeah. check that out. Now, of course, if you're not in the Kansas City area and Screenland sounds like they're pretty rad because they are a cool little mom-and-pop local company. Uh, there are a variety of ways that you can actually help support them. Uh, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com where you can rent a number of films from them to, uh, directly. Or even better, become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com Screenland where, amongst the many perks, we offer a monthly watch party called the Shutter Shoutout. And... <laughs> The normally scheduled <laughs> Shutter shout-out uh, could have been your other double feature happening this weekend, but because of the inclement weather, that is going to be postponed into March. However, uh, both Genius and myself did take in a first-time viewing of, what was it, Genius? Uh, that Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder movie, uh, Hear No Evil. No, 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 the Kane mo- No, no, no. Marley Batlin. No, 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 no. It was the one with, um, it was this Danish movie. And you just actually ran through the trailer reel for everyone, so congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard a lot about Genius it that McGee it is very much block. a slow burn, but it gets super intense and kind of super awkward as well. I have strong opinions about that movie not that is cra- fair. Not, again not not go, like both going so much strong but like i i need to process that movie because i got things i want to talk about the, i think there is going to be a lot of talk about and then going to be a first time viewing for you and a returning viewing for me uh we're going to be getting uh, weird with travis stevens a wounded fawn i want to talk about that movie too it's got it's got a grip on you doesn't it yeah it does yeah it's an icing grip and it's got a very muistic grip grip on me. It, it, there's a lot to talk about. Now, of course, mm-hmm. both of those films are streaming on Shudder, uh, but by joining the film family, you're going to have access to a customized pre-show, a video introduction with Genius and myself, giving you some info and context, uh, the vintage trailer reels of which <laughs> now you know what to expect for... Surprise. Speak no evil. <laughs> and then, of course, then... The post-film discussion where we will have a lot to talk about, process, yeah. stew, and talk beef, possibly. Mmm, beef stew. <laughs> fin- finish beef <laughs> stew. So if that sounds stew. like something you would like to have partake in, and again, access to so much more, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, if I'm talking Patreon and film family. He bellies. 
we also have our own little film family gathering at Patreon and a brand new member of the film family genius. <gasps> Ooh. And his journey to the film family has actually been kind of wonderful. Yeah. Because it, it started with some interactions on Twitter, on social media. Mm-hmm. And then it extended to interacting with him and meeting him in person for the first time at the Slash and Bash convention. Which was awesome. Which was, and he's like, hey, are you guys not like, yeah, I, I'm Arthur. Like, hey, it's nice to finally meet you. And that was just it. And through the interaction via the social media, it was like, okay, they're going to show up. And then now, very much a member of the Friday Night Fright film family. But yes, indeed, the one and only Arthur, thank you for coming and joining us. The boy with the Jason tattoo. And Dude, you're, you're fucking rad, man. On For well, real. Oh, yeah. Well, and we have a shared love of um, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. And <laughs> there was a lovely moment. Uh, is it, last a, gi- year's is it a gigantic love for Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2? A giganticism love for Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2? We all experienced and processed a lot during that screening of Food of the Gods 2. <laughs> but I think for me, and at least Arthur, I know, the joy of when you revealed that she was part of the cast. Mm-hmm. Surprise. <laughs> but no, when I Arth- asked him about Arthur's one cool. of his favorite movies, uh, he did indeed say it is the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation... Bold choice. A.K.A. The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I really actually like that title a bit. But truth be told, yeah, that's what I've seen that. Oh, yeah? I saw it. I, I saw it back in the video store days. And But I haven't seen it since. So I, I need to give it another check out. And I need to watch it because I've listened to podcasts devoted to it. Like, I know all the beats. I know the Illuminati. I know, again, I know, I've seen that, but I'm going to sit down and, vi- and watch it eventually. Basically, Matthew McConaughey's Chop Top. He, yep. He's Bill, he's Bill Mosley. That sounds like, about right. All of Bill Mosley's characters. Like, every single one is Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I love to take the journey with these films, so uh, Arthur, thank you for taking the journey with us. Genius, say it again. Arthur, you're fucking rad and don't let anybody ever tell you different. And that goes for all you pallies. Now, uh, if you would like us to wax your car a bit and, uh, you know, become a member of the film family again, all this month has been devoted to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. And the best part is that Arthur is actually at the tier we're going to be talking about, genius. Oh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. And through the variety of the tiers that we've gone through, the top tier is indeed, say it, another place. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to prompt with the another time, you know, I guess. Another place. Right. <laughs> but yeah, indeed, the another place tier, you of course get all the other benefits of the previous tiers, the Shutter shoutouts, the Friday Night Frights, the new horror episodes, all the commentaries. But the main and- perk is you get to request and review a request for us to watch and review a movie. And you know what? I have to say, all the pallies have excellent, excellent taste. And not just because you are pallies, but also just because, like, the things that you request for us to review have just been hit after hit after hit after hit. And we've had our own journey with a lot of these because some of them are classics that we love and maybe haven't gone back to in a while yeah. and some and some we like like dolls was an old one that i haven't seen and like one of the ones that we that i've never seen haven't been on my radar and i can't believe i it hasn't been is like night of the demons 2 that so movie's thank dope thank you tim thank you tim for dolls uh thank you charles for night of the demons 2 and thank you brian for the undertaker and his pals yes thank you thank you thank you thank you that's uh, that's almost up there with like dune buggy well there are certain things that find their way into the podcast 
it becomes, we always talk the DNA of the show, mm-hmm. the vernacular, shtick, whatever you want to call it, but it has to happen organically. But, and you will go, we go into it in the episode, but genius, uh, prepare yourself because I've got a little clip because, man, when you connect with things, it's amazing to be around. And uh, we weren't able to get good audio last time, but uh, just for a second, see what uh, this works for you. Whenever there's a party and all the chicks are there, I ain't the kind of fella just to stand around and stare. Cause I believe in action, my soul is pleasure bent. And though I think the chick I pick, it's never permanent. Oh, I cut in, I cut up, and cut out. Yes, he do, really do. Oh, there's never been a devil like me. No, there ain't. Fuck, that's my theme song, man. Like, like, I feel like that should come in. That should play whenever I walk into a room. Like, oh, like, oh man, it's, it's like, it's like in those '90s commercials. Like, man, it's nothing to do. We're so bored. Whenever there's a party and all the chicks in there, Genius McGee, right? And I'm over there, like, like handing out like candy and pills and all sorts of shit. And the the unfortunately, what you all don't get to see is <laughs> genius just doing this little funky twist that's incredible. Because <laughs> that's just it's the kind of it's the kind of move that went like I don't it's, I don't know it's a great song. It's a shimmy that you're doing, and that's the best part. The Undertaker shimmy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, again, and what's incredible and what we love with it is we do have a chance where they get to talk about. Uh, their relationship with the movie, you know how they came across it, and Brian's story with this film, and then it's cool. The, yeah, a connection with another rando part that a thing that's become part of the DNA. No, this one was mm-hmm. so freaking incredible. And Arthur, you're gonna have your uh, episode in May, so put on your thinking cap. Let us know what you're interested in taking a look at. Make it good, um, dude. Make it good. No, no pressure. <laughs> now that being said um we really appreciate you know everything that you all do in the film family and honestly we appreciate anyone out there that listens that actually yeah. helps supports other podcasts that i listen to and we appreciate and i every- mention that oh and every next- shout out to the every uh friday night fried family member even even if you don't listen to the show because you had enough of us on friday <laughs> yeah and believe me that's half of our, our members of the film family <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, but next month, uh, next week, we are going back for the seventh Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Jesus, I can't wait. Every single year, yes, we're busy as hell, but there are some gems. There are some new discoveries. There's new appreciations for movies. There's like hard, hard fought battles where like you really have to like, God damn, which one of these movies do I choose? You know, it's 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 a blast. It's a real blast. And it's such a great time to like revisit some because who there's well, some you know movies what, that genius, hit no hard. No matter where our journey takes us, I will accept you with open arms. OK, and with open arms. That's the best part of Into the Mouth of March Madness. And again, more than anything, it is because we get to include a lot of our favorite podcasts, a lot of mm-hmm. our favorite artists, filmmakers, and just, you know what, friends of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, please look forward to that. Now, um, again, um, we really appreciate you all that you do, and we'll be closing out uh, the end of this episode normally. So uh, please and enjoy. Wait, but before oh. we go, make sure before Madness starts, Make sure you're following along if you're on social media so you can get the bracket. Well, actually, technically, uh, the member of our film family, they're going to have access to the bracket the Monday it uh, drops uh, before we drop it on Friday. So early access to all of that. So, yeah, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead and you get access to, you know, any from any uh, tier from the squiddly diddly to the another place. We have something for you. So please enjoy this episode of The Undertaker and his pals. Whenever there's a party and all the chicks are there, I ain't the kind of guy who's just, just standing around and stare. 
Cause I believe in action, my soul is pleasure bent. And though I dig the chick, I'm with it's never permanent. Cause I cut in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cut up, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cut out, yes, he do, yes, he really, really do. out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that still appreciates the admittedly dated terms dame gams and braziers my name is greg d (laughs) and on today's patreon only episode we're revving up our choppers and gearing up for some cycling shenanigans as we talk 1966's the undertaker and his pals. <laughs> and if you are listening in, thank you for being one of the badass bikers that helped make up our Nightmare Junkhead film family. And of course, thank you for going beyond... Squiddly diddly. All up in your cut in, cut out, cut out hole. <laughs> and we continue our month of packed content, the uh-huh. uh, the sampler package, if you will. Uh, hopefully, those of you that have access to it enjoyed Last week's My Bloody Valentine commentary. Right. <laughs> anytime we get to go to a Hannigan Mines, Valentine Bluffs, anytime we get to say A. <laughs> too many times. Too many times. So our apologies if that annoyed any of you, but hopefully that gave you a nice Valentine's present. Uh, of course, we I should say I had a chance to listen to a few romantic records on the What's the Score. Ooh. I did it when it was snowing out, so you weren't able to get there. Uh, I needed something to do. Right on. But needless to say, that was fun. But this uh, this episode literally does come from another place mm-hmm. as uh, our top tier. The main perk is for you to request for us to watch and talk a film. And thankfully... <laughs> So far, man, we've had some some bangers right. in this. Uh, just first-time watches, uh, watching Night of the Demons 2 for the first time. And extraordinary. Extra- oh, so good, so good. And again, revisiting some old classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back to Cabin in the Woods. Might be talking that here next month, right, possibly. Maybe. But needless to say, thankfully, pretty much everyone in the film family have excellent taste. Exactly. Uh, especially in terms of what they're kind of expanding our horizons in. And this episode does come from film family member Dennis, uh, who, don't forget, is a host of the John Derrick podcast, not the John Peters. I, I Again, it was just fresh on my mind. It was the licorice pizza thing. I'm I still just, waiting for Ghost Can't Do It. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was uh, like a show. It was either like... Free Showtime or Free Showtime. Cinemax. Was, yeah. Because, again, that was definitely a look-over-your-shoulder movie. <laughs> Very <But> ribald. <laughs> yes, it was. Anything with Bo Derek around the time. It's and anything ribald. with John Derek directing, <laughs> even if it's just off-camera going, Bo, look more sexy. Look yeah. sexy, Bo. Because it's from 10 to 17. <laughs> this one does go to 11. Right. <laughs> but he requested this particular film... Uh, and again, uh, this is, I just love the fact that we're being exposed to new films. Mm-hmm. But he had this to say uh, The film I want you to cover is a film I could never cover on my podcast, but one I dearly love. A very early gore film from 1966, The Undertaker and His Pals. My history of this film is interesting. Seven years ago, I wrote a modern sequel to the film and had a director interested and some financing in place. Bud Spencer read the script, and his agent said he was willing to do it if his price could be met. I honestly think it would have happened if I hadn't gotten deathly ill and Bud had not passed while I was recovering. Sorry if I'm rambling. I very much dig your podcast, and I look forward to you covering The Undertaker and his pals. Oh, man. First of all, one, I'm glad you're better. 
Absolutely, that's, absolutely. That's the main important thing. Two, it's yes, R.I.P. Bud Spencer. But how right would that been? It's like he's going up the stairs. <laughs> la 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 la. He gets all pissed off because like you know somebody crashes into his hearse. And so then he's going to come along with me in my hearse now. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Well, the fact that this was something that was looking to happen. And I, when I read that, I was just tra- I was gobsmacked because, number one, it's Bud Spencer. Right. And the fact that you thankfully had Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill introduced to your life. Mm-hmm. It's only made it better as far as I can tell. <laughs> but the fact that they were looking to create an, a modern sequel to this, the fact that Brian was involved with it. Yeah. Uh and the, that it unfortunately it fell through and just because life happens unfortunately um but oh boy oh boy number one i'm sorry we didn't get the sequel and like genius said i'm glad you're very much better but this means hopefully we could have possibly had terrence hill in there as well mm. although maybe terrence had passed that point yeah possibly yeah because obviously if you get bud spencer you gotta throw terrence hill. can you imagine them as like the pals yeah as the pals that'd be awesome and donald pleasance as the undertaker Oh, good Lord. Good I Lord. I got him six times. I charged him six times. There it is. There it is. No ups, no extras. <laughs> you don't know what hell is. Right? And just all pissed off. I've been rad. I've been rad as shit. I would have watched it. I would have watched it. And in this day where we're getting the legacy sequels, mm-hmm. where we're getting, you know, films uh, they're pulling, movies that are pulling from movies from many, many moons ago, it would fit right in. Uh, but right off the bat, Genius, was this a movie that you were familiar with at all? I've heard of it. Okay. I've heard of it, and I think I've seen it while flipping channels, but never sat down and watched it, so this is my first time actually watching it. I've always heard of it, you know? I mean, it's The Undertaker and his pals. It sounds scary, you know? And you're thinking, like, ooh, it's going to be gory and silly, you know? And, yeah, it was gory and silly. It wasn't what I was expecting. Well, And this is when I'm – I was also a first-time viewing, and I was familiar with it because – it's shown up on a number of the trailer compilations that I usually p- purchase. Um, there's a 42nd Street one mm-hmm. that actually I think it was like one of the first trailers on it. And it's very striking. It looks very 60s. Yeah. It feels very 60s. It sounds very 60s. Uh, all that in the trailer, but it looked fun. And it also looked like one of those films that would have probably freaked out uh, squares a, yes freaked the out the normies yes oh, oh my goodness you know because i mean i would imagine because this came around the time of um herschel gordon lewis yes in fact uh blood diner came out in 63 mm-hmm. blood, blood feast yeah blood feast we'll get to the blood diner aspect right uh and i watched that for the first time last year as well and it still holds up especially the gore bits and i can only imagine people seeing the bright red of the blood in mm-hmm. this. And this is that like 1960s blood. So they haven't really perfected the lighting on it, you know, the correct composition. So it adds that cha- that kind of the camp yeah. and the charm of this movie. Um I wasn't prepared for how weird of a movie this is. This movie is bizarre. It this is This movie is bizarre. And should say it's currently streaming on YouTube, which is actually how we we viewed it. So Without a doubt, I, there's probably a good Blu-ray out there that has a number of fe- extras, which the extra gore cut. I need what, well, or maybe just the extra cut in and of itself. Because <laughs> right. I think one of the issues we didn't necessarily have beef with the movie, but throughout the love the levity, uh-huh. but the brief running time, we're like, did we miss something? It's jarring to the point where like, here's the thing. This movie was a roller coaster because at first I was like, okay, let's see where it's going. I'm like, man, this movie better get better. But then all of a sudden something interesting happens and I'm like, holy shit, this movie is wild. And then I'm like, wait, what just happened here? And then what's going on? And wait, who's this? And like, I would imagine that if I saw this movie when I was 10 years old, I probably would have loved the shit out of it. You know what I'm saying? Because it just seems that weird and goofy enough, very cartoony. And plus like, copious amounts of saxophone right so but like seeing it now again i think the jokes were like hit or miss but the ones that hit whether intentional or not it gave me a giggle and it kept me entertained throughout the entire movie and it wasn't until the end where i was both bizarrely dumbfounded 
and also pleasantly surprised at the last like five minutes of this movie and this is a brief movie because sometimes it felt like it went on for two and a half hours but then sometimes it felt like it was going by like lickety split so again i was all over the place with this movie yeah you you took an emotional roller coaster ride i did along with the film it wasn't necessarily like um that's not cranberry sauce it wasn't blood 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 rage blood rage but it was Almost, not even that. I was just like, okay, I'm laughing. Wait, what the fuck? And I'm like, okay. And then I would get angry at the movie, too. Like, I was like, I know it's supposed to be a comedy, but I can't tell between satire and just nonsensicalness. Like, when she was running towards the bad guys back and forth, the like... Uh, I think that comes down to editing and the footage they had, quite honestly. I was shocked at the fact that it's definitely a forerunner of kind of a modern horror comedy yeah it absolutely it's, is and it leans and heavy a splattery one at that it leans very heavy into the splatter uh which and as he mentioned it's an early gore film mm-hmm. so as you mentioned yeah herschel gordon lewis and those movies that were designed to shock and awe an audience at that time and if you think about kind of the modern splattermeisters that are out there today it all stems from that yeah um the fact that two years later, you would have what many consider kind of the birth of modern horror with uh, Romero's Night of the Living Dead, uh, Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. This was kind of the one that like, you know, The Undertaker and his pal, you know, those movies could run because, you know, this one could or this one walked so they could run. Right. See, I think like movies like that, like like Rosemary's Baby and all those kind of stuff. That's the A24 this is more along the lines of I wouldn't even go Astron Six. Be, this is more like beyond camp. I mean, beyond like would you would you would you veer maybe, it, oh, not necessarily trauma territory? Maybe like trauma with a little bit of like Zucker. You know, that's fair. Because that's fair. Because I mean, you think like okay, here we have this. We open up with like a home invasion and an assault, right? You, well, after biker gangs are yep. running around, random phone book. Like, okay, this movie looks like it's going to be fucking dark, right? But meanwhile, while they're killing people, the the boyfriend's picture changes, and it's like, ooh, and like, ah, and looking away and shit. And I'm like, okay, that's that's stupid. But when I mean that's stupid, I mean it in a good way. I'm like, okay. We, we got a giggle out yeah, of it. Yeah, we got a giggle. And then, like, some of the joke, fuck am I? What just happened? And, like, the music is all over the place. Who's this person? Who's that person? But I think that was all part of the joke. And, like, it worked at the end of the day. I was entertained by this movie. It was funny. And I went in expecting the gore film. I didn't go in expecting any of the comedic pieces. Right. The score, as you mentioned. Come which, for the gore, stay for the laughs. Come for the gore, stay for the score. Right. Uh, Johnny White put <laughs> put together the, the, the score on this one, and... As you mentioned, lots lot of, of saxophone. saxophone. Lots of every time, every time a new woman was introduced, wow, 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 and of course, like the '60s leering camera with the wow, 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 wow. It's it is so old-fashionedly chased in a lovely way, right? It, it's titillating. They're showing brassiers. They are there. You could see the the, the gams yeah. on the dames, and they were all buxom. They were all buxom, and they were like, you know, your basic like what you think of like hot sixties like cheesecake, wah, 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 wah. right? And so, <laughs> as you mentioned, the the casting director had it right on right. in regards to a lot of the ladies that but they even put the names of everybody. Like like the first killer, her name was Sarah Lamb, and then the the diner lamb chops or leg, leg of lamb. lamb, and they cut her legs off of lamb. The next killer, her name is poultry. And then they have chicken breasts. Breast of chicken. It's right. I I appreciated me that. Too. that to me, me too. There's <laughs> payoff. There's some thought going into the gore into, into the gag. And I I'm not saying it was definitely balanced because it's not, because no. it's so all over the place. Because again, I don't know. Well, of course, tying under the belt is the style of the times. I don't know if it's intentionally bad acting or if it's like they did the best with what they had. But like some I, of it worked really, really well with the like tit for tat jokes, but mm-hmm. some of it, and I was like, "Okay, that's rough," you know. <laughs> well, I think you probably have a little from column A and a little from column B on right. that. I mean, it is a low budget feature, and you think about what they're 
the kind of movie they're making. But it works well. I mean, it's so, and like I was watching during the movie, half sometimes I felt like I was waiting for Tom Servo and Crow to show up in the bottom of the corner, you know, because this movie is like ripe for not ridicule, but like loving jabs at it. Sure. But at the same time, like you said, the heart and like doing something wild, doing something this like. Because they know they were going to get their movie shot down in the shit because that's <laughs> what happened those those times. Oh, but yeah. Like, we're just going to throw everything we got and put all the jokes, our own inside jokes, our own private jokes. We got this. And we're going to make a funny movie. And a short but funny movie. Well, And the, the, the writer-director here, uh, TLP Swicegood, that's a hell of a name. Yeah, it is. Uh, it turns out this was one of the lone films that he directed, which I guess is not necessarily shocking for the most part. Uh, He actually also wrote, let me hold on here, let me get into his filmography here. He also directed, uh, let's see here, no, this was his lone directorial feature, The Undertaker Uh. and His Pals. (laughs) So, listen. No ups, no extras. Yeah, you get what you pay for. (laughs) Again, that was funny. How can you two talk about money at a time like this? Are are you thinking about your grievance now? Yeah. There you go. Mind the service. $1,250. In like 1960 19. move money, that's a, that's a mortgage. <laughs> that's what that is. And like no ups, no extras. So they just put her in like a fucking shipping crate. You know the jokes were funny. I mean when the when the sight gags mm-hmm. and when like uh, the randomness, like ah uh, you don't got no hamburger, well I'll take a pie. Spoink, and then we have a pie in the face gag. And that's no repercussions from it, no. as far as I can tell. No, 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 nobody died. They always go after cheesecake. So like, <laughs> and then again, I was just like, okay, what's happening? Oh, it's the twin. Okay, this is, oh, Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday, and again, like, oh, that's Friday. I'm Thursday. Yeah, hey, what would you like me to do? And I'm like, this is. Another time, another place, warning all over the place. I wrote, this is like, we say what would, like, would come on a trapper keeper. This is what would come on, like, one of those old-timey keepers that they would have, like, in the 50s, right? It's like, okay, uh, I'm going to make it. There's going to be a whole bunch of buxom girls in brassiers. There's going to be a lots of guts and gore. I'm going to put some jokes in it. It's going to be hilarious. I'm going to throw in a private eye. Right. again, that's what you'd have at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like Humphrey Bogart with cannibals right basically roving cannibals on motorcycles because let's face it there's also the cannibal portion of this film which i'm sure freaked some people out Mm -hmm. at the time that was uh with uh uh, blood feast right same thing and like blood sucking freaks and all that it's oh it is so funny so this one definitely then blood diner pulled from this as well Mm -hmm. i mean as much as like you know blood diner is a sequel to blood feast there's a lot of similarities going on in here, which I appreciate. It just mm-hmm. goes to show you kind of the complexity and diversity of the diner. Yeah. In horror. Uh, of Watch out what you eat at Greasy Spoons. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. It was the Greasy Spoon Diner. The Greasy Spoon Diner. Nice. And, and he was studying to be a surgeon. And you didn't get a lot of gore, but God damn it. It's like we paid for that. Um, Stock footage, educational stock footage yes. of an operation, and we're going to use it. That's had. That's totally what it was. That was, and I like that. Me that's too. something you would have seen charming. out of like uh, Faces of Death mm-hmm. when they actually threw in the real stuff with the fake stuff. Right. Fucking Gorgon video and all those monsters over there. And it, like the special effects again for the time and for what they had worked. It I, made they made me giggle. The one that I actually really liked was they and they didn't hold on it too long cuz I'm probably sure they couldn't, but when she got impaled, impaled with the fence. It looked good. They did that little gag where they had the little thing, she put her head through. Great. Um mm-hmm. the initial step, they took the time to show the knife going through the back. Uh, the the gentleman that got cleaved in the forehead, not bad actually. Again, the kills were decent, the gore was decent, but it's just that weird color of blood yeah it's almost italian yeah. in a way it almost looked like um nickelodeon gack oh god did anyone say i don't know and then they just would immediately then get you know <laughs> fortunately it wasn't get got green, you're right <laughs> get gacked get gacked yeah that's no good <laughs> something that we've seen multiple times well i can't even say multiple times charlie the stoolie not charlie the stool although that was you, funny. you gotta have the stoolie the rat the, the informant 
Dooley's got a name and a secretary. Yeah. Charlie the Dooley's office. <laughs> uh, hopefully his HR department is a little bit better than Harry Styles there. But no, anytime you enter introduce a skateboard into the into the into the movie, shenanigans ensue. I'm thinking of pieces uh-huh. and how that kind of kicks bow, things off. Bow, 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 bow. And here we get The Undertaker on a skateboard. <laughs> and set appropriate shenanigan mu- music. music. Yeah. All, here's the thing. <laughs> the music was 100% spot on with everything they did, but they used it so much so quickly that it was like, okay. The focus was on the girl, and I'm not even talking about the stare gag. Well, I'm talking about regular right. oh, in the yeah, movie. Yeah. Wow, 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 and then they would per- turn to uh, the detective. Wow, 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 and then back to shenanigans. All in like the span of like three minutes, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" You get whiplash. Yeah, you do. It's all over the place, but it's always, it's always right there. It's again. Perfect music, like even the, okay, the stare gag. The speaking of music, the, the stare, stare gag's gag. incredible. But here's it, it, to me, it was like five seconds away from being the Simpsons rate gag to the point where it was hilarious again. You know, because it was like a, dun so dun dun we dun. It's a, it's ba- it's a basic uh, um, chase scene, mm-hmm. and we've got basically our final girl being chased by the Undertaker, and every time we see her, or no, let's start it with your music. Every time we see him, it's like boom. Boom, 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 and he's walking slow boom, in boom, tone boom, in time. Right. Her music is that, and then she's running up the stairs in time, and like almost one and a half. Yes, yeah. one and a half. Cross cutting back and forth, right? And it worked. And then I was like, okay. And then I'm like, if you uh, like, come on, one more, one more. And then like, he was at the roof, and I was like, oh. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, again, I, it's, I, I don't want to say it's ambitious, but I'm just trying to put myself in the context of 1966, because even now, like I said, I found it very entertaining. Right. Was not bored. But there's brutal shit. They like drug a woman. They lock and it clink, and then just like drug her, and then take her out and grind her up in a hamburger. Yeah. And, and which gets us to well the uh let's see here the oh I thought the Sonic kill was actually fairly effective oh with the uh, with the chain. chains yes that was rough because like they showed the chains hit her and it looked real I mean you could tell that they were probably like oh, foam rubber sure yeah but hopefully hopefully right we're going for realism <laughs> well, did you ever watch any of those old school biker films back in the day like from the ones from the seventies nice bits and pieces of them oh my god they were brutal and they always contained chain fights and they always contained like brutality against women i'm talking like the most nasty misogynist shit like and so when they introduced the chain i'm like i almost got like some weird ptsd with that but i like the fact that they take the time to show them like beating down the venus de milo statue Mm -hmm. almost it's real yeah look what we can do and then they just but see that kill was done in like seriousness yeah oh yeah that yeah you know but everything else was done in like goofiness so that's where i was like wait what that's i was like this is not that it's jarring, but we're having a good well, time because she's like, girls, when I get out of here, I'm going to get married again for the third time. Third time's the charm, I say. You know, and then she looks up, ah! And then they take their time. Everybody's really slow to react and, like, really slow to, like, move in action. Because, I mean, and then even when Thursday gets out of the car, she runs to, to them the as opposed to going down further. And I was like, again, I don't know if that's... um a joke I didn't get or just like, what are you doing? You know, but at the same time, it got a reaction. Yes. Yeah. It got a reaction. There's not going to be a lot of indifference with this movie. I don't think, I think there are going to be people that will probably not like it. I even think people, there are going to be a subset of people that might even be bored by it. But I think based on 
again, the context of when it came out, that sweet spot in between, like, you know, with Blood Feast and um, Night of the Living Dead, it's just this weird oddity that happened in between. But they give the main characters, they introduce characters just to kill them off, which is fine. That just sounds like a modern horror movie. But then the, the main character, I didn't know if he died or not. You know what I'm saying? The main character, he apparently died in an explosion. I had to go back. And look, I'm like, okay, did that happen what I thought happened? Well, we we talked about it. There's probably maybe a longer cut out there because there's... Or some behind-the-scenes drama where he's like, hey, man, we still got two more weeks of filming on this. Fuck this. I'm out. Do whatever you need to do. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And then, like, uh, kaboom. (laughs) That's a wrap. Right? Okay, cool. Move on. I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case, because uh, it does feel a little bit incomplete. Uh, feels kind of stretched more than a short film. Uh, so it's just it's that weird in between spot. Like, yeah, yeah, and the the whole end when it was just like you think the Undertaker's gonna win because you know, first oh, no, not even that. When before we get to the Undertaker again, I don't know if I missed the joke or if that was the joke, but the whole like. Hey, what happened to your uh, the license, license plate? plate? Oh, she shot it off because she did that pelvic thrust when she was shooting. <laughs> she just gave me a giggle again. That was some undulation going yeah. on there. Kapoom! Kapoom! It's like you're not sex machine. I mean, maybe you are, but you're not the one with the gun. Dick. I'm sure Tarantino loves this movie. Right. So. so he gets his license plate shut off, shot off, and they're like, hey... They're going to lead it to you, and you're going to lead it to us. So we're going to take let's care of Let's get him. Yeah, let's get him. So his pals are turning on the Undertaker. Next thing we know, it's the Undertaker and one of the pals turning on one of the other pals. And they dip him in acid. And I'm like, wait, what did I miss? Was this like a duck season, rabbit season type of thing going on? Maybe it's subtle. Maybe it's just one of those things that we aren't you know, attuned to since we're not Undertakers or pals. Nor pals. Yeah. Right? Also, as an Undertaker... A little upset that we didn't see him eating. eating. I mean, I'm glad he was at least associated with a diner where he could have access to food if he wanted to eat over the bereaved, but it wasn't established there. So a little upsetting with that. I guess, like you said, it does give a pass because they are turning people into food. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, by proxy. No, it's fair. It's fair. And again, Blood Diner definitely owes a lot to both Blood Feast and this movie, mm-hmm. where the only thing they were missing was like little Jimmy Hitler on, on <laughs> yeah, the TV. Dude, right? Or like the Hitler horn section. Oh, Jesus Christ. With, um, yeah. with the wah, 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 wah. Dude, they could totally, fucking Dino Lee yes. could totally recreate the soundtrack to this. With the I Hitler would horns. buy that. Yeah, I would, I would attend too. the show. Me too. There's some, and I would be there, especially when they get into like the, it's just, it feels like spoken word jazz. Boom. Muted horn. Right. You just feel like someone's going to break out into some spoken words, some slam poetry. Some random shirtless dude that comes out of a truck. Okay. That dude almost got creamed. Random shirtless truck driving guy (laughs) might be my favorite thing in this movie. It's so random. It's why is he shirtless, genius? Where is his shirt? He must have been hot in the truck. Why did they not have him have a shirt on? There's, there had to be like, you know a you're gonna conversation. Be in a movie, right? Take me how I am or don't take me at all. Okay. We're low on funds. One of the cheeky locals they brought in as an extra. Because he just says, hey, honey, we're out of gas. Doesn't even bother pulling the car over. Oh. He's in the middle of a fucking street. Hey, honey, I, I got to get out of gas. Gets out, almost gets hit by a car, jumps in the car and leaves her there for the bikers to come and assault her. That whole sequence is nuts. And again, maybe that's what you did in the mid-60s when that kind of a situation occurred. Another time. Another place. My God. <laughs> it it was jarring. Yeah, it was. It, it bothered it us. so quick. Because, yeah, really- he was... He really almost got hit by a car. Like, like it was uh, uh, George Miller second DP on this? Cause like, <laughs> well, and the fact that one of the pals gets clobbered by a truck on the motorcycle. I guarantee you. By, goddamn by, the, you. by yes. the shirtless dude. Yes, I guarantee goddamn to you. <laughs> Miller loves this movie. This is probably a huge influence on him, man. Right, oh he my calls God. the girl who was undulating with the gun. That's her. That's his Furiosa muse. Right there. Slanger. Right? <laughs> oh, this 
These are the moments that make this movie memorable. The only thing he it was is missing, I was waiting for when he was again the final scuffle with the Undertaker. I was waiting for like Jim Ross. Oh, he's gone over the top, right? When he was flipping, he's broken him in half. <laughs> By God, that's the Undertaker and his pal's music. Oh, and he's back. He's coming back. And then when he, when he shows up at the end to kill people, and then okay, so. And then, okay, so I think, like, The Undertaker, it's wild. We have talked about the editing and everything. But the ending is bad shit because it just kind of stops. It it almost feels like a Cannonball Run-esque thing without the bloopers. Right. But it's just, like, extended shots on them doing something and look to the camera and smile. They're doing something wacky, showing uh-huh. off the way that they died. Like, the one that was buried in the crate comes out in the crate. And the one that turned into hamburgers sexily eating, eating a, hamburger. a hamburger again guarantee an ad exec that carl's jr saw mm-hmm. this movie and was like get paris hilton on that give me kate up to now <laughs> uh actually the crate did give me a little fluffy feel i'm not gonna yeah, lie it did. when that it was showed filthy up and it was bleeding <laughs> uh, just just call it billy a billy burger <laughs> well that's what you get for it was 149 dollars and 98 cents right there's no, a, no ups, no extras. No ups, no extras, man. There's a mark. There's again a marked difference between twelve hundred and the and the hundred and forty there. <laughs> uh, but also, in the end, when we're going through those weird random things, that's it seems like that would be the time to show credits to show right, give people's you know, names. Who are they? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's it's funny. Yeah, it's weird. Again, we reacted to it going, well, wait, what is this now happening? Because it because the movie just ends with the cop stabbing the Undertaker in the forehead again, accidental like, kill. Okay, cool. Next thing you know, the first buxom blonde who was dressed up like a clown was oh yeah that just was popped out of the coffin, and then next thing you know, uh, the ch- Sarah Lamb popped out of the coffin, then um, Mrs. Poultry. Poultry came out of the uh, the crate. crate, and then they showed uh. Friday, yep. sexually eating a hamburger, and then they actually like showed everybody who died, how they died in like. Sequence. Also, Jim Carroll, big fan of this movie. All the people who died died. He's like, I again, it pulls inspiration. Mm-hmm. But speaking of great music, yes, again, we love the score. The score was phenomenal. Just when I was about to say, you know, this movie was all right. Yep. I enjoyed my time. I had a good time with it. And like, I don't know if I'll take anything out of it. I mean, I'm, I can say I've seen that. That's cool. You know, just when I was about to make that was going to be my final. Then I'll be all put the stamp on approval. Those little cannonball run esque bloopers again, kind of warmed you up a little You're with like, with, yeah, a, yeah. with a certain song. Yeah, in the end, that well, really tickled my fancy. Let's really let's tickle my fancy. If you've got it queued up here, I'm going to turn you up. Uh, this is a little bit of the smidgen that. Put a smile on Genius's face. Whenever there's a party and all the chicks are there, I ain't the kind of fella just to stand around and stare. Cause I believe in action, my soul is pleasure bent. And though I dig the chick I pick, it's never permanent. Oh, I cut in. Yeah, yeah. I cut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cut out. Yes, he do. Yes, he do. He really do. Oh, I was there <laughs> when we got the dune buggy and that magical moment, it was stuck in your head. When that music kicked in, we both started doing a little shimmy and your smile just got so wide. And I think it's definitely a combination of the content of the song, reminding you of a younger genius. A younger genius, yes. And then, but just adds to the camp and charm of the movie. It's almost like the best way to end the film. Yeah, with a fun song. And never met a devil like me, because I cut in, I cut up, and I cut out. Yes, he do, yes, he do. Was that the credo you used to live by? Yes, it is. Still in a way, kind of, because I'll I'll sure as hell cut in someplace. It's like, hey, hey, and I'll, you know I'll cut up. You know I'm not afraid of cutting up somewhere. I'm the cutout. Right, and but then like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> not cut out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the capper of it, it, throughout the film. Again, it, it was like a swinging '60s freakout, man. You know, and it's like it's driving me mad. It's it felt like we should have seen maybe occasionally some pineapples out there with the kind of the vibe. 
that was given it off. Was swinging, it was just it, again. It, and like, wait, what was some of the lyrics? The lyrics. Oh, the it, the lyrics and everything. It is very much you. It, exactly. I'm I'm not the kind of one to just sustain it around. He the and he likes not only the thin ones. He likes he goes throughout the entirety. I like them thin. I like them fat and like short, short and tall. Because right? <laughs> in the I end, I cut in. I cut up. And I cut up. Yes, he do. Yes, he do. And but why? When we finish the movie, genius on his phone pulls it up. He's out there taking a real quick smoke break. I hear it blaring from out there as I'm setting everything up. <laughs> and it's, I think, this is the, what you walk away from this movie. Right, right. The Undertaker and his pals, the fun gore, weirdness throughout the film. But, oh, that end song. Oh, I would love to, like, walk into a place like, you never met a party, I never stand, because you know we'll soon be there, because I cut in, I cut up, I cut up, yes, he do, yes, he do, right? Just, like, I just want to, like, one day break in his song and dance and have, like, 60s mod dancers come up behind me and all that. That's just it. You have rad. Go-go dancers aplenty, my friend. Because that's the vibe again. We were both doing it i mean this is not a visual podcast but we were getting down at the time and i think when you can close with something like that when you can kind of do the recency thing where like the last thing you see is the thing that's most memorable there's a power to that yeah and that worked uh this is a this is going to end up on like the playlist yeah this is an this is when film, but this song fucking rules yeah i i mean this again i'm, I'm glad number one to be able to take put this off the list especially because the movie's not haunted me per se uh but i've seen it so many times in so many trailer compilations where if, i'm like oh yeah if they ever have a, a album version of it on like wax, we got to do a what? There's the a score. 45 on there, I oh. think, out there. So, <laughs> and also though, didn't Blood Diner also share that kind of vibe, that 50s, 60s yes, vibe? Mm-hmm. Yes, which begs the question, as we like to do here. Uh, actually, final thoughts on your end there, genius, because I want to make sure. I know you had a, your list of notes there. I want to make sure we got through all the talking points. Uh, what the funny was. My name is BM. They're like, BM. And I was like, is that a 50s fart and shit joke? Yes, it was, my friend. I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, Save with a wow, wow. And like the whole shot of the license, random shirtless dude. Nope, I think we got got them all. Excellent, excellent. Well, as we like to do here on our little request and reviews, we like to think about films that would pair well with this movie. And we've talked about a couple of them, but uh, Genius, what would you do a double feature with The Undertaker and his pals? Oh, absolutely, Blood Diner. Without would, a shadow would you do Blood of Diner? a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. And the fact that, like, hell, you this is only an hour. You could probably do a triple feature and get away with it because Blood Diner is pretty short. <laughs> yes, it is actually. <laughs> God, you could because yeah. it runs under 90. So then what would you do for your double feature? We'll make it a triple feature. Okay, well, oh, this is where it gets weird because uh, I was originally going to say Nightmare Beach mm-hmm. to stay in with kind of the biker horror. But looking at this movie and how it feels a little incomplete and how maybe someone out there, you never know because it happens, you know, where they can maybe add some footage to it, like with New York Ninja or re- recreate right. it. But a movie that kind of gave me that vibe is Spookies. Because with Spookies... It's all over the it's place, It's two too. films. It's all over the place. You don't know where you are, but you're having fun. I got the same vibe from The Undertaker and his pals, so I don't know. And then Spookies itself also is only like 79 minutes. Sure. So here's what we're going to do. Let's put out our order here. Uh, Let's go. Let's start with Nightmare Beach. Let's go into Undertaker and his pals. We'll then do uh, Spookies and then close it with Blood Diner. Because you got to – with Blood Diner, that's the one – it kind of pays off with all the sexiness. Oh, you end the you end the show with Blood Diner. You have to end the show with Blood Diner. But I would go, I would go um, Nightmare. I would go Spookies. Then I would go Nightmare Beach. Then I would go into Undertaker and his pals and close off with that. But then I would also have at the end as everybody's going home. I never met a party. Right. And so like that would be the outro music. 
Well, no, you you would just have what was his name? The guy in Blood Diner, the the musician. Oh, Dino, Dino Lee. You'd have him cover that song. Oh fuck yeah! I'm telling you, they need to remake the. Jackie Kong needs to get the whole gang together. Not necessarily remake. Well, that kind of the. It's it, kind of it's a remake not, of the kind of not it, kind it's, of. It's yeah. there's they share a lot of the same DNA, mm-hmm. and. It's another one of those I could see if she had never seen or, you know, they had never seen that movie, I would believe it as well. Kind of like the James Gunn never seen Night of the right. Creeps. That's fine. I But it's just there's so much DNA that is shared. The same recipe, if you yeah. will. But they just change some of the ingredients and then the parlance of your times. Like, I would you could probably make this into a modern you could remake this i think oh, the yeah. undertaker and his pals oh yeah uh, sure hell you could you could make it like make it more of a goofball like gore comedy i mean just well, that's what it i mean in, I mean, in the vein what of what it is, it is yeah. yeah or you could of course especially if it was made in the like mid-aughts it would have been like a torture porn-esque because again it was going for the gore hell the undertaker you know he he had his biker phase for a while when he was yeah. the american badass, badass? uh-huh <laughs> that's what it is so it's hard. Who, who would remake it? Who would you want to remake it? I think James Gunn would do a great job. I could, yeah. It, the sensibilities. Uh, hell, I actually, uh, you're putting me on the spot. I'm, I'm just gonna go to. I'll say Jill. Jill Gavargazian could remake it. It would definitely. I'm not sure actually. Keep the because, music though. Yeah. No, I, I'd actually go with James Gunn. I just think that's a good choice. He's just, he can balance mm-hmm. the charm, the fun, and the gore. Shit, look at what he's doing with Peacemaker at this yeah. point. You know, the man the man definitely works. Well, this is another one. Like I said, I'm glad. Mark it off the checklist. So, again, Brian, thank you for recommending this one. This one has definitely a blast. Uh, and I'm glad we can continue this month's February content. Now, uh, next week... We're actually going to be releasing our thoughts on the new horror film, Studio, Studio 666. 666. Yes. And the I finally saw the trailer. Hadn't watched it before. Fucking Carrie King from Slayer is playing one of their roadies. I'm just like, I'm so in on this one. So make sure you tune in for that uh, as February continues. And, of course, uh, you all will have access to the... Uh, into the mouth of March Madness bracket way before anyone else out there, so be tuned to that. But no, sincerely, y'all, thank you for your continued support. Brian, mm-hmm. thank you, my friend. You rule. And uh, until next week, this is Greg D. I'm cutting in. We'll see you in your dreams. Whenever there's a party and all the chicks are there, I ain't the kind of fella just to stand around and stare. My soul is pleasure bent And though I dig the chick I pick It's never permanent Oh, I cut in yeah, yeah. I cut up yeah, yeah, yeah. And cut out Yes, he do, yes, he do, he really do Oh, there's never been a devil like me oh, no.